Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 82. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Today we're going to continue the arc of Tier 1 Tune Downs from Toontown with a partner, Merhulk Brunch Deck. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? A whole ton is going down, as per the usual. We got big updates as to our presence in the world for CCO Nation. We've also got a really slick deck to do and a couple of other random housekeeping things. We're going to update everybody on the giveaway and maybe tease our very first bonus episode. Ah, see, yeah, 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 I, I, yeah, yeah, I like it. See, I didn't even mean to do that. Yeah, now we don't even have to do it again because we've already <laughs> done it. I like it. Also, slick deck, you say? Slick like, like fish are slick? Yes. Oh. That is exactly how it is slick. I, any other way that it is slick is not my style, and uh, I would never try to do something that is outside my comfort zone, as people will see when they look at this deck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good teaser. We'll get to that in a second. First, where do you want to go? Social media coordinates in 30 seconds or less. That was my favorite last week, by the way. Oh, my God. Okay, let's try it again. We're CCO Podcast on Twitter and tapdout.net. That's where you can see this week's list, last week's list, and any other list that we talk about throughout the course of the show. We're commander code at gmail.com. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, show suggestions. Decks you want to see us tune down in this arc, but no nudes. Nudes. We're also Commander Cookout on the Google Machine, iTunes, Google Play, Google Machine, Podomatic.com, Patreon, YouTube, Facebook, Flipside Gaming, and use special promo code CCOFU to get 10% off your entire order store-wide, or our generous partners for this month's giveaway, mtgonslaught.com, to use CCOFU promo code to get 15% off your entire order store-wide, and you can find all of those social media coordinates in one place at the official, official home of Commander Cookout Podcast on the entire internet, commandercookoutpodcast.com. Wow. A true radio professional. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a breath. You keep going. I have one correction. You had said commandercookoutpodcast.com, just commandercookout.com. Yeah, that's right. That is correct. Excellent place to go and find um, what's in your cart. Return to return to return to return to Guilds of Ravnica edition. Yes, that is up now. Featuring lots of suggestions from CCO Nation, as well as what I myself have picked up for uh, decks or just because I like the picture on the card. Yeah, that's a thing. (laughs) That's a good reason to buy things for your collection. These are collector cards with art on them, and if you like them, buy them. Now, you had mentioned really quick uh, mtgonslaught.com. That's where you can go and get your 15% off with promo code CCOFU. And that's what we are currently giving away for our giveaway. Uh-huh. As you can go, you can go check out, check them out for counters, dice, playmat bags, all the kind of stuff that you need to pimp your game outside the game. Very much so. The ones that we got from Ian at MTG Onslaught, I what what do you say when you when you pimp your you pimp your dice box or your dice bag? I took some old dice out that I don't use and I put his metal dice in. Well, I don't know. That's, they, that's they what a, pimping is, Ryan. That's I what, suppose, yeah. It's when you take a card out of the deck and you put in a foil or altered version of it. That's that's what you're doing. Yeah. It's, so this month's giveaway, you're going to get all that kind of stuff along with a T-shirt. Once we have a winner, you can uh, tell us your T-shirt size. And they are going to ship straight out of Vancouver, Canada. Not even joking. That's where they're from. Neat. Yeah. All Canadian. All the time. I was expecting an F-U something. You wanted to say F U Canada? I could say that. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, I'll say that. 
Moving on. Yeah, moving on. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Brando's in a generous mood today uh, to not give out FUs. Yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in a good mood today. I'm not I'm not hostile. I've had a, I've had a really good week. Very busy. Uh, not just with magic stuff, but just with life stuff. Uh, I want to say a big thanks. Last week I told my story about saying sorry to everybody. Today I'm going to say thank you to lots of my good friends that I haven't quite met yet. Down south, as Kyla and my friend Sarah went on a road trip down to Utah... And she's been sending me pictures and updates and videos of all the stuff that they were going down there to do. And she, they, she should have taken me. Just continue, continue. And they've had the best time and her trip through, I don't know, middle. I don't know what you call that part of America. There's a word for it, I'm sure. But I don't know exactly what it is. Correct me if somebody in CCO Nation knows it. Let me know. But she's had a great time and said the people have been super great. And she's had an amazing time and she can't wait to do it again. So thanks to everybody for taking good care of my wife. For sure. Maybe maybe next uh, August you can drive down to GP Vegas. Magic Fest Vegas, whatever we have to call it now. Oh. Yeah, I'll be flying. You can drive <laughs> if it's so awesome. Yeah, through like the nothingness that is like Montana, most of Montana and Idaho and Utah. And- It'd be just like driving here at home. Yeah, and it sucks here too. <laughs> Hey, Nevada looks amazing from the air. I can only imagine it would be cool to drive. I like deserts. Deserts are my favorite thing. So maybe (laughs) I wouldn't be as (laughs) adverse to driving through one. Perhaps. I'm sure I'd change my mind if I was driving through one. That was 47 million degrees outside and all that's out there is like a lizard eating a bug and that's the only live thing (laughs) I've seen. And then your car breaks down. Then you're... Then the radioactive mutants come out of the hills and they eat the dog and they burn my dad and then they flatten all the tires on my camper and steal the gas, and then we're in the hills have eyes, and nobody wants that. Yes, we That's, are, yeah. and no, we don't. <laughs> don't watch that movie. It's a good movie. So, okay, back on topic. We are a Magic the Gathering podcast. Are we? Uh, we try hard. We are, yeah, very much so. <laughs> yeah, do we can. You teased at a bonus episode this month. Yep. What's that about? That's coming up at the end of October. We're going to do an extra episode just because we kind of wanted to do something that's a little bit different than what we'd normally do. So it might be a deck tech. I think we are planning on a special deck for this particular one, but that'll also be where we do things like, say, a top 10 list or a... A set review if it falls on the month that there is a new set launch because uh, people do ask us our opinion on new things when they come out. That we'll do the, the, the product review or we'll do something of that nature. We'll do something that kind of maybe other podcasts are already doing, but we kind of want to do them too. But we don't want to dilute per se what we do here at Commander Cookout Podcast, which is brew spicy ass decks and say F you to each other. Yeah, and other people. Yes. And we don't want to show anybody up, but we will if we have to. Absolutely, we will. Okay. We hinted at additional YouTube content? Additional YouTube content. This past week, we said we had a really good week. Part of that good week was we recorded our first bit of YouTube content to be released at a a later date, but it is in production. It's getting polished up and stuff. We Mm -hmm. had a couple other bells and whistles we want to add to it before we put it out there and uh i think some some ideas or scripts starting to not scripts but um some topics that we're putting together for our next two yes so that's all coming i know uh, the patreon stretch goal was additional content when we hit a certain number and we started to release our articles bi-weekly and now we're going to be starting our video content up within the next couple weeks yeah it's very it's going to be launching within the next couple weeks because it's all going to be in production. 
and then it's going to be launched fairly soon. It's it's very exciting, and I thanks to all of you guys for giving us the opportunity to and an audience to do this for. That's that's really cool. Very much so. We I don't think we say thank you enough. I type thank you lots, but I don't think we say thank you enough on the show to uh, anybody who listens, anybody who shares or likes the show, and also, of course, anybody who actually pledges through our Patreon page. That uh, that helps out, and that means a lot to us. It, it really does. So thanks to all of you guys. Speaking of which, patron shout-out. Patron shout-out, okay. Just got in today. We're recording later in the day. Flew under the wire just in time to get into the show notes. Shout-out to Anthony Harley. Anthony Harley. Yeah, obvious Harley-Davidson joke. I wonder if he's that cool. I don't know. Maybe he's this kind of cool. Holly! Hi, Puddin! You're just in time to see the... <laughs> Harley Quinn joke. <laughs> Getting beat up by the Joker. <laughs> Back on to magic. I'm having a conversation with Smitty. F you, Smitty. I'm playing my Rick Smithies deck, New Brew I'm working on. It's kind of tempo-based, right? And it aims to spend less mana than the opponent and gain some form of advantage, right? Tempo advantage is kind of when you spend less mana and you're at card parity, which is different than um, spending a card to go up a card on somebody. That's card advantage, right? And my question or my conversation with Smitty, and now my question to you is, is Tempo dead in EDH? Like, is it no good? Is card advantage king? Or can we leverage Tempo? Like, do you have to go all the way to 10 and play something like Cyclonic Rift for Tempo to be good? Because Cyclonic Rift technically is just card advantage, but it's not because you're putting cards back into their hand so they can cast them again. So, like... Technically, it is tempo advantage because you're blowing out all of the stuff they spent their mana on for your measly seven mana. So is, is tempo advantage dead? I'm going to say no. I think that tempo advantage in EDH isn't dead. It's just different. Okay. And it's because of A, the singleton format. That's the main reason why. Because you can't play a whole bunch of really tempo-y low casting cost cards like a boomerang, like a swords, right? You only have one of them unless you play a functional reprint. So you or, have, or you you put the swords and the path and the boomerang and the unsummon all in one deck. Yeah, and I mean, and then you've got a bunch of cards that aren't necessarily even good in EDH, and you really are all in on that tempo plan. But I think that you don't have to go all the way to eleven with a cyclonic rift to to see a tempo advantage in this deck. For example, hold, hold on, hold on. I just thought of something. I thought of a difference there. Okay, so unsummon puts the card back into their hand for one mana. You functionally removed it so you could maybe crash in in my case with a Rixmathese, maybe with a like with infect, kill them. Great. If you're not doing exactly that, Swords or Path is actually good cuz it it removes the card forever. The Swords and Path are always good, I suppose, but they are like the way you define a tempo card, I'm spending less and one card to get rid of something on which you spent more and one card. Yeah. You play Blightsteel, I play Swords, I have achieved a tempo advantage on you. Yeah, and okay, so what about this? I had mentioned Cyclonic Rift, and that you could look at it as card advantage. I'm spending one to bounce like 20 things back to your hand. Cool. You can play them all again. Okay, so you have to spend mana again, and I don't. Everybody says Cyclonic Rift's so good, it should be banned, blah, blah, blah. But they're not saying that about like Wrath of God or Damnation. Costs less mana and does a better effect. 
but nobody's belly aching about that. I get it, it kills your own creatures, but if you're not going to win via creatures like some combo decks don't, I mean, how come we're clamoring or chomping at the bit to ban Cyclonic Rift when it's like a tempo card more than a card advantage card? I think because it's an instant. Ooh, yeah. What makes Cyclonic Rift so good is because you can do it at the end of somebody else's turn. And then just crash in or combo out, or yeah. instead of dying, I'll Rift. Exactly. Wrath of God, you have to Wrath of God and then do more things. Yeah. Or do things in the Wrath of God, or whatever you want to do. Whereas Cyclonic Rift, all you got to do is leave that mana up. It's like, yeah, I could do something, but you know what? I'm just going to undo everything that you guys all did during your turn 10. Ha! Ha! <laughs> and I think that's why it's so good. And there's so such a middle finger in the face, too, which is nothing that I have a problem with. But <laughs> I think that's why it makes people so tilted or that gets under people's skin like that where they think it should be banned i suppose you had a arjun the shifting flame kind of contemporary example from the other night as well right yeah we were going to talk about the difference between tempo and card advantage and you and i had a conversation off air about if you draw your whole deck do you win the game and in my arjun the shifting flame deck whenever you play a spell you puzzle box you take your hand put it on the bottom and draw that many cards yeah and i drew my entire deck three times hmm. i drew through my whole deck Three times, and now, I did not win. Important to note that you your deck was still there, but you did draw through it all. And with Arjun, the Shifting Flame, it's not selective. You don't get to, like, if you have seven cards in your hand and you want to get rid of five of them, you draw five. No, it's seven. Go to the bottom. Draw seven new ones. So you kind of have to choose what you play, attack, because that's how you're going to win, and then ship everything else and hope you get something cool next time, right? And that's what was kind of happening, where I... Draw and I was playing with a, a Mystic Remora, and I drew like forty cards off that Mystic Remora. Oh, we're gonna, so, yeah, we got a Mystic Remora in this deck. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that in a few minutes. But like, it just all of my stuff was coming up too far apart. Like usually, it's like that deck is just jammed full of janky two card combos, and I would draw one piece, play it, draw ten cards, not have what I want, so I have to play <laughs> something else. Draw, 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 draw. And then the, goes around the table and everybody's like, hey, keep your eye on that card. That's how he's going to win. And then they blow it up before it's your turn again, right? At the end of the game, and this is legit, this is true, not a single combo is left intact in the whole deck. So excellent. I had to win by beating face with Arjun the Shifting Flame. And what is he, like a 5-5 five five or something? Yeah, it, it didn't work. I, I definitely lost that game. But. Hmm. Card advantage isn't always the be-all, end-all. There are times when just seeing all the cards in your deck doesn't get you there. That's a thing. And sometimes you've got to work with the tempo, which is something that this deck can do very well. I was just going to say, so bringing it around to today's deck, we mentioned Rift. It's in here. We mentioned, uh, we didn't mention Evacuation in here. Yep. Great uh, kind of tempo-y, card advantage-y thing. Remora's in here. Yep. Swords and Path in here. And then an actual way to win if you draw your whole deck or dump your whole deck into your graveyard. Ooh. And today we're doing it a different way than personal favorite morality shift of mine. Ooh. So okay, we're talking about we're talking about black and morality shift, we're talking about blue, we're talking about white with swords and path we brought up. What the hell are we playing? It's a merfolk deck. Like what the hell? We are playing Thrasios and Timna. What? I built a Thrasios and Timna deck. So you're a degenerate piece of crap. And the name of today's episode and deck has Hulk in it? Yep. So you're playing Hulk, Thrasios, and Timna? Yep. This wouldn't be Tier 1 Toon Downs <laughs> from Toontown if it wasn't 
some kind of abomination of actual deck. Oh, and this is this is a boil on the. <laughs> oh yeah, this is like cracking open an egg to cook it for breakfast, and instead of an egg coming out, it's just a chicken head. There's a baby. Oh, a chicken head. Yeah, like just the head, and it's a full-grown chicken head that came out of the shell. That's what this deck is. That's disgusting. Yes, it is, and so is this. But it's gonna it's gonna be good. I promise. Remember okay. Goto. It's just like Goto. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to appear janky on the surface, but once we drill down, it's fun, it's swingy, it's tempo-y, and I think everybody's going to really enjoy it. Uh, I actually enjoyed just looking at it. So, so should we start off by talking about Thrasios and Timna, who they are as people? Give them a read, as I say. All right. Thrasios, Triton Hero, is a 1-3 merfolk wizard for green-blue. Says 4 colon, scry one, then reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land, it goes into your hand. Or it goes into the battlefield tapped, I'm sorry. Yep. If it's not a land, draw a card. He is pay four, scry one, coiling oracle. Yeah. That's what he... And he is a monster. In CEDH, I mean, Thrasios and Timna are all over the place. They're tier one. You make infinite mana, you draw your whole deck, you just win. In CEDH, Timna, the Weaver, is the other commander. They have partner. Give her a read, then we'll we'll just give her kind of CEDH synopsis. She's a human cleric, 2-2 two, two for one white black. She has life length. Life length? Life link. At the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you may pay X life, where X is the number of opponents that were dealt damage, combat damage this turn. If you do, you draw X cards. The other thing that's really sweet about them is one of them costs two, so you can birthing pot into a three, and one of them costs three, so you can birthing pot into a four, right? So you can find threes and fours with your birthing pods. They just have so many uses, and Timna actually gets in for real damage, and in, in a longer, grindier CEDH game, she's going to like draw you 10 or 12 cards, and that's no joke. No, it's not. So What does she do? What does she do in this deck, Ryan? It would be difficult to kind of play her because you have so many better options to play on three. I think in this deck, she just gives you access to black. And white. Uh, yeah, yep, I th- suppose. That's li- When I was building the deck, I actually forgot what she did, and I cared so little that I didn't even read. I didn't even check. <laughs> I didn't even look into it. We've used her as a commander on, like, episode 21 or 29. Uh, Ravos and Timna, no internet list. It's our only list that isn't untapped out. We should probably do that and put it untapped out. No, nope. took the list apart. I had the list physically built, and I took the deck into the studio with us to read all the cards because it's not on tapped out. Because <laughs> <laughs> we did not use the internet at all. Yeah, that was uh, arc of the internet. Yes, and that was the opposite of that. Yeah. Now that we know what the commanders do, should we talk creatures? Cats out of the bag. Should we let it out of the bag? No, I, let's not even say it. Let's just read the creatures, and we'll see if everybody can pick up what we're doing. Okay. Okay. This first one is not going to give anybody any goddamn idea what the hell we're doing because this card is atrocious. It sure is. Or it has a stingray in the background. It also has what I'm assuming is a lady covered up with an afghan, and it's benthic explorers. What in the actual? It's a two-four, merfolk for blue three, tap it, untap target land and opponent controls and get a mana of any color that that land could produce. So that's a mana dork, but for four. It's from Alliances. 
Weird. That card would cost, it would be a 1-1 one, one and cost like 2 now. Or 1. It would probably cost 1 because it untaps somebody else's land. Yep. Yeah. All right. How about Cold-Eyed Selkie? Simic, Simic, Hybrid, 1. It's a 1-1 one, one Merfolk Rogue, has Island Walk, so it can't be blocked if defending player controls an island. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, draw that many cards. That many cards. So good. Yeah, when it's like a 5-5 five, five and it hits somebody with an island, you draw 5. That's why you don't need Timna. <laughs> <laughs> so here's uh, here's where we just give it away, what we're doing today. Coral Helm Commander. He, Merfolk Soldier. Blue, blue for a 2-2. Two, two. Level up. Hey, level up. So level up one, you pay one, put a level counter. Yep. And um, when he has two level counters, he's a 3-3 three, three with flying. When he has four plus, he flies. He's a 4-4. Four, four. Other merfolk you control get plus one, plus one. He's a lord. Curse catcher. Merfolk for one. Sack it. Counter target instant or sorcery unless its controller pays one. Dacro mystic. One, one. Merfolk for one. Blue. Tap. Each player reveals the top card of his or her library. You may put the revealed cards into their owner's graveyard. If you don't, each player draws a card. What? Fate seal the table. Oh, it's fate seal. I think. Now, fate seal, I guess, puts it on the yeah, bottom. On the bottom, yeah. It's, uh, what's the new Demir keyword? Surveil. Surveilling the table. I suppose, kind of. Ish. That's kind of a weird one. But I know how the deck works. And I know some funky things you can do with that. Yeah. Okay. Moving right along. Deep Root Elite. Deep what? Deep Root Elite. Deep what? Deep butt elite? I'll take it. Okay. Green. Green one for a 1-1. One, one. Whenever another merfolk enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on target merfolk you control. So that's a lord... Kind of. Sort of-ish. Yeah, we're going to count it. Yep. How about Drowner of Secrets? Ooh. Merfolk Wizard. Two relevant creature types there. Blue, two for a one, three. Great stats. Sure. Tap and untap Merfolk you control. Target player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. Okay, so when you tap them to attack or add mana, um, you can you can mill somebody. No. Oh, it's untap. No. Yeah, you have to tap and untap Merfolk you control to do that. Tap a Merfolk, mill a guy. Oh. Not when they become tapped, it's tap, do. Oh, I read it, and in my head, it didn't work like my words meant. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. Empress Galena. This card, originally from Invasion, I think it's expensive now. Foils of this card are, like, ghastly expensive. Anyways. Uh, tell everybody why, Ryan. <laughs> Merfolk. Legend thing. 1-3 for blue-blue 3. You play blue-blue and tap her. Gain control of target legendary permanent? Yeah. Neat. And it says right on the card, this effect doesn't end at end of turn. So none of this as long as it stays tapped bullshit. You get it, and it's yours now. Nice guy as a cradle, bro. Thanks. Nice general, dude. I I appreciate that. I didn't even think a guy as cradle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's good. Right, moving along, we've got Fallow Sage. That sounds dirty. I wouldn't Google it. No, definitely not. 2-2 two, two Moorfolk Murf- Wizard for blue 3. Whenever Phallic Sage becomes tapped, you may draw a card. Ooh, pretty good with your 
Drowner of Secrets. Yeah, tap to mill, draw a card. Tap to attack, draw a card. Very cool. Yeah. How about Forerunner of the Heralds? It's a four mana, three, two. When it enters the battlefield, you search for a merfolk, put it on top of your library. And whenever a merfolk enters the battlefield, put a plus one counter on Forerunner of the Heralds. It's kind of a functional reprint of Merfolk... Harbringer? Yeah, except it costs the same, except this one's green. This one's bigger, and it doesn't have Island Walk, but it gets even bigger as you play Merfolk. This one's probably fine because lots of the lords give unblockable. Yes. So we're okay with it not having Island Walk. Very cool. I like this card a lot. This next card, Grimoire Thief. Yeah, so blue-blue for a 2-2, Merfolk Rogue, when it becomes tapped, you look at the top three cards of somebody's library and you exile them face down. You can you pay blue and sacrifice him. You turn all the cards that you exiled with him face up and you can counter spells with the same name as those spells. A little bit less good in EDH, but you can get people's Sol Rings, you can get people's Cyclonic Rifts, you can get oh, people's yeah, Paths, you can get all kinds of stuff with it, and... More specifically than that, you're removing stuff from somebody's library at the cost of doing what you're doing anyway. It's too bad with your Thrasios that you can't scry to the top of your deck or something. Um, oh, no, because you draw what you scry with Thrasios. I was going to say, too bad you can't scry and then Grimroar your own thing. So you can counter some other blue player's Cyclonic Rift because you're playing like a like a tribal deck. You don't want your stuff to get bounced. Yeah. But it has to be an opponent's stuff that you exile. Correct. Uh, next up, we have Harbringer of the Tides. So this is a Harbringer, but it doesn't do what the last Harbringer did. Correct. <laughs> two, two for two. Um, you can cast it as though it had Flash if you pay blue, blue, two. Uh, okay, fine. So Guts, Flash. When it enters the battlefield, it bounces a tapped creature. So if we can bounce it, then we can bounce multiple things. I don't know if we can do that or not. No, not the way the deck is built. It's just kind of a combat trick slash removal thing. It's it's cool. Uh, I like combat tricks on creatures, especially tribal creatures. Me too. I'll take it. How about Herald of the Secret Streams? Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's like playing your Flame Tongue Cavu in your Cavu Tribal deck. Why wouldn't I do that? Uh, Why would anybody play Cavu Tribal? God damn, we have to do that now, don't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Shit. Damn it. Be on the lookout for that. Okay. Oh, God damn it. All right, all right. Herald of the Secret Streams. More heralds. That's like, do they bring newspapers? <laughs> the Daily Herald was the newspaper in the city I'm from. Yeah, okay, whatever. Two, three, for four. Creature control with plus ones on them can't be blocked. Ha. So as soon as something gets bigger, it just is all muscly like Herald of the Streams and nobody wants to... They're too oiled up so the sun glistens <laughs> off their muscles. He is pretty jacked. Yeah. How, I, we were talking about this card before we started the show, Ink Fathom Witch. This is one that I had to read. I didn't even... I don't even... Ugh. Okay. 1-1 one, one for Demir 1. It's got fear. So this is already a weird card because it's got black in it and it has fear and it's a merfolk and it's a wizard. Okay. It's everything you want it to be. So you go black, blue, two. Each unblocked creature has base power and toughness 4-1 until end of turn. Tell me about this card, because this is weird. Now, this is a card that has all kinds of applications in this deck and in other ones. Now, in this one, lots of the creatures we've read, none of them are bigger than four. 
Most of them are two. So unless you have a lord, you're now doubling your attack power. And if you have a lord, you're just... They become five twos with one lord, right? Yeah, your creatures become immense with this with this girl. Also, uh, we're not playing it in this deck, but you could if you wanted to, or you're just playing these colors. If you have something like, let's say, a pestilence or something that you can tap to do one damage to something, you could wait for opponent one to swing at opponent two with a bunch of little dudes. Opponent two doesn't block because it's just a bunch of little guys. You can make all of those guys into four ones. Buddy eats shit, and then you can kill their best creature by doing one damage to it. Yeah. Or you can kill all of their creatures by sinking one black into a pestilence and erase their whole board. After they alpha striked somebody. Yeah, after they've killed somebody for you. Okay, so you're playing tokens. Somebody drops, um, whatever, Avengers Zendikar, and then swings in for everything alpha strike. Somebody who they just, like, whatever. Kill that guy because you just buffed all their things, and then you kill all their things. Yeah, I like that. It's it's a really it's a card I think gets a lot. It's a little bit niche, and you got to build around it a little bit. But it's a card I think that gets a lot less credit than it deserves. You do have to work for it. You got to do some work, um, but doing the work is something that let's like like pestilence already is something that you want to do. Yeah, the investment is I think totally worth it. And we are actually playing one thing that can deal with one of those four ones. Correct. So we do have something. We're going to talk about that when we get there, I guess. Yeah, we'll get down there in a little bit. But after we talk about Jade Light Ranger. Green, green, one for 2-1 Merfolk Scout. When it enters the battlefield, it explores. Then it explores again. So give us the reminder text on explore, because I don't even know what the hell that is. Explore as you reveal the top card of your library, and you can put that card into your hand if it's a land. You don't draw it, you just put it into your hand. Otherwise, you put a plus one, plus one counter on the creature with Explore, then put the card back, or put it into your graveyard. So it makes the creature bigger, you get to surveil, or you get a land off the top of your library. Explore is good. Explore is cool with that, and there's an upcoming card in the sorcery section that might make us want to put that card into our graveyard. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's right. let's keep going so we can get there. How about Judge of Currents? When a Merfolk... Becomes tapped, you gain a life. It's a 1-1 for 2. Kopala, Warden of Waves. Blue, blue, 1, 2-2. Spells that target your merfolk cost 2 more, and abilities that target your merfolk cost 2 more. That your opponents control. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, all your stuff is still good. How about Kumina, Tyrant of Orazka? Yeah, so this is Kopala's buddy, I guess. Green, blue, one for a two-four. Tap and untap Merfolk. Um, Kumina can't be blocked. Okay. It's fine. Tap three Merfolk. Draw a card. Tap five Merfolk. Put a plus one counter on each Merfolk you control. That's kind of a lord. Works real good with Herald of the Secret Streams, too. Makes all your dudes unblockable. And if you have, like, lots and lots of Merfolk, like a thousand of them, you just tap 500 of them to put like 100 plus one plus one counters on the other 500 of them. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I like that. All right, let's uh, let's bang. Let's see how fast we can bang through these next three cards. Okay. Lord of Atlantis. Two mana lord plus island walk. Master of the Pearl Trident. Same thing. Merfolk Mistbinder. Same thing, no island walk. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's keep it up. Merfolk Sovereign. Three mana lord, tap to give unblockable. Marrow Regiery. Three mana lord, Whenever you cast a Merfolk, untap target permanent. Or tap target permanent. Oh, that's so much better. 
Yeah. That's so much better when you're trying to swing in with a giant merfolk. How about Merc Fiend Liege? Not a merfolk. It should be called Not Merfolk Fiend Liege. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Uh-huh. So Simic, Simic, Simic 2 for 4-4 four, four Horror. Okay. Other green creatures get plus one that you control. Other blues get plus ones. So any of the merfolk that are both green and blue get plus two, plus two. Mm-hmm. And untap all green and blue creatures during each other player's untap step. Yeah. So your tappy, untappy merfolks are going to give you benefit. Yes, because right? you can do it every turn. School of the Uns... What was the guy that taps to mill? Drowner of Secrets. Drowner of Secrets is just going to like mill five or six cards a turn now. Yeah, it's cool. And whenever something becomes tapped, your Phallic Sage is going to draw you cards. So you're going to draw five or six cards per turn. That's yeah. like 25 cards per round of the table. You got a Grimoire Thief. You could tap that too to remove more cards off the top of a library from the game. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, whenever your Grimoire Thief becomes tapped, you, you just exile the card face down, right? Yeah, you exile three, then they mill one. So if you're on the mill strategy, which you could do, you can get their Eldrazi Titans that way. Yeah. So, okay, alternate win condition? Yeah. So, uh, plan one, beat wholesale ass with your Merfolks because they're all going to get huge and be unblockable. Step, right. Uh, plan two, mill. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have a plan three. We're going to get there, I guess, right? We sure are. Back to plan one, though. Yeah, back to the initial plan. How about a Pathbreaker Ibex? Did we play this guy last week? We sure did. Or a week before? Last week. Sure. Four, green, green. Three, three. Goat. Not merfolk. When he attacks, all your creatures get plus X, plus X, where X is the biggest power among creatures that are attacking. Now, you could hypothetically use that Ink Fathom Witch to make all your dudes into four ones. Then they all get plus four, plus four. Or if yeah. you have like the Ink Fathom Witch to make your two twos into four ones, and then you have like maybe two lords, and now they're six threes. So all your creature gets plus six, plus six. Yeah. Or you could have the next card who's just a giant, huge beater. Yeah, you could do all of that and then play a Prime Speaker Zagana. Blue, blue, green, green, two for a 1-1. One, one. Sounds terrible. Sounds the worst, yes. <laughs> but she enters the battlefield with X plus 1 plus 1 counters, where X is the greatest power among other creatures you control. When she enters the battlefield, draw X cards. Ooh. She's going to fill your hand back up because she will be the last thing you cast. Yes. And then she's just going to get giant. And she can have plus ones, so with that really buff, muscly merfolk, she's not going to be able to get blocked. It's pretty good, hey? Yeah, Herald yeah. of the whatever, muscly herald baby of, oil. Herald of the abs. Yeah. All right, now let's talk about creatures that totally have no business being in this deck. Protean Hulk. Yeah, what in the actual <laughs> hell? Okay, 6-6 six, six beast, so he doesn't even fall in a line with like your goat and your horror. He's a beast. 6-6 six, six Beast for Green Green 5. When he dies, search your library for creatures with total converted mana cost 6 or less. Put them onto the battlefield. He's in here as a throwback to the CEDH list. Okay. Thrasios and Timna. The, the one that I kind of used was a Hulk's Breakfast. Breakfast Hulk deck. Yep. And I'm like, sure. I'll, I can tune that down. I can tune that way down. And what I did was I left Protean Hulk in here. No sack outlet. But if it dies, it can find you any number of things. There is an infinite mill combo in this deck, so it finds you the two parts of the two of the three parts that do that, 
or it finds you three lords, or it finds you your Ink Fathom Witch, or it, it's a utility card. It finds you whatever you need. Uh, yeah, I like right finding then. I like finding three lords with it, and then just like s- somebody kills it, or you let it die, or whatever. Then you just fuck. Or there's somebody casts the wrath because you have like ten other merfolks, and they're like, oh, well, you're just gonna get rid of all your other merfolks. But then you find three lords, so then you're just like right back online again. And that's that's a good feeling. Yeah, I Every, like that guy. Everybody likes that. Okay, we talked and, about this. Oh. And I love how it has nothing to do with like the cephalid illusion is like you don't have to sack your narcomebas and your your hermit druids to dread return him back and sacrifice him. No, nope. Just nope. get him, let him die, get some value. Thanks, Hulk. Thanks, Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have Root Water Hunter. So this is our guy that um, with the Ink Treader, Witchy, Bitchy, whatever her name is, the 4-1 maker. This guy is a merfolk that lets you tap to deal one damage target creature or player. He's a 1-1 for blue 2. With excellent art. Yeah, it looks like he's flying, but I have to tell myself that he is in just some brownish murky water. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good old Tempest art, hey? (laughs) Yeah. could never tell what's going on. How about Sea Scryer? I like this one too. So we got a Tempest one. Now we got a Mirage one. Blue one for a 1-1 tap to add a colorless to your mana pool. So Sea Scryer? Yeah. Sea Scryer is a mana dork, but you can also go one tap and add a blue to your mana pool. So it filters for you. Pretty cool. I like it. How about Shapers of Nature? Hmm. Green, blue, one, three, three. Excellent rate there. Three mana, three, three. You can pay four to put a plus one counter on target creature, or you can pay three to remove a plus one from a creature and draw a card. Yeah. Lots of plus ones. That uh, that 10, 10 prime speaker Zagana, you can just pump mana into it to remove counters to draw your hand again. It's pretty good. Yeah. How about Stony Brook Banneret? Island Walk, Merfolks and Wizards cost one less to play. That's a one, one for two. And if they're a merfolk and a wizard, they cost two less. Excellent. And there are lots of merfolks that are also wizards in this deck. Most of them cost like colored, colored, colorless though. So Yeah, but there's a few who will be reduced to color like our next card, Stony Brook Schoolmaster. Yeah, merfolk wizard for white two, one two. When it becomes tapped, put a one one blue merfolk into play. Now let's just say you tap it to... Mill a card. Then you get a dude. And let's say you have an intruder alarm in play. You wouldn't. I would. You would. CCO staple. Right? We haven't played intruder alarm for weeks and months. Right? And here we are using it to mill fools. Oh, no, I don't think it's in the list. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Enchantment section. Maybe it will be. How about a sun titan? You dirty bastard. That's, (laughs) That's a giant. So that's on theme with things that don't match merfolk. Yeah. That are all different. Yeah. Uh, give him a read. He's a 6-6 Vigilante for white, white, four. Get something with converted mana cost three or less. Graveyard to play when he attacks or ETBs. So he gets pretty much all your merfolk, right? Basically, yeah. He gets all your lords. He gets a lot of your other important stuff. He gets whatever you want back. He's you a could, good card. You could let your Thrasios or your Timna die when you have him instead of going back to the command zones. You can get them back for free. Yes, you could do that as well. Yep. All right, how about Sig River Cutthroat? At the beginning, at the wind, wow. Start all that again. Demir Demir for a 1-3. At end of turn, if an opponent lost three or more life this turn, draw a card. Huh. So if you've hit anybody with anything, 
you'll draw a card. So that rewards you for just trying to beat wholesale ass like you want to do anyways. Yeah, and it's on every turn, too, if somebody else gets attacked. Ooh, ooh yeah. spicy. Yeah, you so know that's... what? I like being rewarded for things that I want to happen anyways. That's what the next card does. And we all know how much I like this card. Tatyova Benthic Druid. Merfolk Druid. Really? Come on. She, just... has, she had to be a druid. It says druid in her name. Ah, At least you... she's not a zombie jackal crocodile merfolk druid. At least she's not like a a swimming naga druid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she wouldn't have been in merfolk. Anyways, green, blue, three, 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 landfall. Draw a card, gain one life. Oh so my I god. I want to play lands anyways. I want to explore. I want to Thrasios my lands right onto the battlefield and then draw my next card. I could Thrasios in response to her thingy so I could get my next land. Yeah. Oh, so sick. Yeah. That would be so awesome. She is very good. All right, we're coming close to the end here. We've got Vodalian Illusionist. Ooh, here's a spicy one. This one from Weatherlight. Okay. Merfolk, 2-2, two, two, blue 2, you can ca- or you can tap him and blue blue, target creature phases out. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and with the Teferi's protection phasing rule changes, if you phase out your whatever, it comes back in with its counters on it still. Yeah. Thanks, Teferi's Protection. Yeah, most excellent. That'd be a good one for this deck. You could just Teferi's Protection your whole team when they go to Wrath because you will get Wrath in this yeah, deck. Definitely. <laughs> Anyways, All right, how about cool a card, cool art. Dirtbag Merfolk Beater up next in Wake Thrasher. That sounds like a bad video game. Uh, Dirtbag Merfolk Beat em Up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Blue 2 for a 1-1 Merfolk Soldier. When a permanent you control becomes untapped, it gets plus 1, plus 1 until end of turn. Ooh. So with your... Merkfiend Liege. Merkfiend Liege, that's right. You can just have a giant guy every single turn. You untap your you untap your turn anyway, and you have a giant guy. That you can then prime Speaker Zagana to draw a bunch oh, of cards. Oh, yeah. He's a good card. Okay. How about a Wistful Selkie? Last one. Simic, Simic, Simic. 2-2 two, two, Merfolk Wizard. She's checking all the boxes. When she enters the battlefield, draw a card. Yeah. Creature Suite, how do you feel? I think it's pretty sweet, Ryan. All right, so the creatures took a while, but the rest of the deck is fairly straightforward, with the exception of a couple of things, so we're going to bang through these as fast as humanly possible. Are you ready? Ready. Okay, let's do some instants. We're going to start with Rift. See the beginning of the episode where we talk about... Enlightened Tutor. One mana tutor finds you something dirtbaggy. Evacuation. See Cyclonic Rift. Path to Exile. Kills something, see the beginning of the episode. Pongify. Kills something, gives them a 3-3 monkey. See the beginning of the episode. Rapid Hybridization. Jesus. Kills something, gives... See Pongify. Reality Shift. See Pongify. Swords to Plowshares. See Path to Exile. Beautiful. Sorcery Time. End Hostilities. Ooh, okay, so this is a five-mana wrath. This is what they do now. They they cost five mana, but they do something. Okay, so destroy all creatures and all permanents attached to those creatures. It gets equipment. I'm playing this because Evan was playing a Voltron deck last week. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, get ruined, Evan. F you, Evan. Wrath of God. See the beginning of the episode? It yeah. destroys all creatures for white, white, two. Patriarch's bidding. This could combo you. Could, in theory. Black, black, three. 
Sorcery from Onslaught. Super cool. So you know it's good. Yeah. I should have bought one in Vegas, but I didn't. Each player chooses a creature type. Each player returns all creature cards of the type chosen this way from his or her graveyard to play. This must be the reason that you chose all those other different creature types. Goat, giant, <laughs> horror, whatever else there was in there. Would If I told you that I had that in mind when I put in Patriarch's bidding, would you believe me? Because I did. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes people want their Grave Titan back, so you'll get your Sun Titan back. Oh, sometimes no shit. People You just want... next leveled me. Yeah. Well, if anybody names Wizard or Soldier... Or I think there are some warriors. There's a rogue. There's a soldier. There's all kinds yeah. of stuff. But we're naming Merfolk, right? Absolutely we are. Yeah, okay. okay we're on the same page. Here. Definitely. So you name Merfolk, you pay five, you just get all your stuff back. Speaking of Merfolk, this it's important to note that this is a Merfolk spell. Summon the school. White three, tribal sorcery, Merfolk. Neat. Okay. Put two one one blue Merfolk wizards into play. Tokens. Okay, fine. Tap four, untap Merfolk you control. Return summon the school to your hand from your graveyard. That's good with an enchantment that's coming up and the Merc Fiend leads because you can get it back every turn. Yeah, so you just tap four things and you get it back. Yeah, and then you tap some mana and get some stuff. If you have your Stonybrook Banneret, you tap three, you get two guys. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah. All right, let's do some enchantments. There's six of them. Six enchantments, so, and they're all sweet. I want to start with the two that harken back to the CEDH list, and one of them we actually played last week as well in Carpet of Flowers. Yes. So it's an enchantment for green. During your main phase, you add X mana of any one color to your mana pool, or X is the number of islands target opponent controls. And we looked into this last week, and just keep in mind, it's been errated to sound a little bit strange, but you get to pick which main phase that happens on, and it'll... So you can use it on your post-combat main phase if you have not already used it on your pre-combat main phase, I believe is what we got out of that. That is correct, and under normal circumstances, like the blue player is probably not going to be attacking and is just going to not really care if it's pre- or post-combat, um, but we're probably going to pre-combat it all the time to get our lord to get more damage in. Or... If you turn one it, if you go forest, carpet of flowers, you can go combat step, post-combat main phase. At a blue for your island, because you have an island and you've gone second, and you can then drop your Mystic Remora. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Mystic Remora, cumulative upkeep one. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, draw a card unless that player pays four. So you always draw cards. Yeah, you always draw cards <laughs> in the first couple turns. How long do you keep it around in this deck when on turn two you would have to pay its cumulative upkeep cost? Do you just let it die after you've drawn three cards off of it? If you play it on turn one, yes. And and you've netted three, you would have netted two cards off it. You would have drawn three cards from it if everybody cast a non-creature. I would suggest also that later on in the game, this isn't a dead card, because you can play it, and it'll refill your hand. Part of the aggro problem is you run out of stuff. You run out of gas. Mr. Grimora will either force your opponents to do less stuff, or they will be helping you rebuild for another attempt at winning the game by them doing what they're doing anyway. While I agree, I am a little bit soft on it late game because it doesn't, it doesn't refill your hand right now. It refills your hand after three people have taken their turn, if they've cast non-creature stuff, and if they haven't paid. Sounds like a, what do you think, CCO Nation, Mystic Remora, as good as 
as it is or as good as everybody says it is? Overrated? And at what point is it not good anymore? Path of Discovery. Something about exploring. Give it a read. I don't know what this card does. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it explores. Oh, that's good. So if you were to play, say, summon the school, get two guys, you explore twice, see two mo- two cards, and your one ones are now two twos, possibly, or you put some land back into your hand to get them out of the way so you can draw gas. It's dump, a great card. Dump both those explored non-lands into your graveyard so you could patriarchs bidding them back. Yeah. Sure. It's excellent. All right, next up we have a Prismatic Omen. Lands you control are each basic land type in addition to their other types, and that costs green one. So you cast it on turn two, and it's essentially mana fixing for the rest of the game for you. I played that in here because we're not going to talk too much about the mana base because of time constraints, but Prismatic Omen is in here for your color fixing. Yeah. So you don't have to spend $1,000 on land. You spend 10 bucks on a Prismatic Omen, and now all your basics are all the basics. Cool. Excellent. Next up, Marrow Commerce. Tribal Enchantment Merfolk. So here's a Merfolk card. Blue one. At the end of your turn, untap all Merfolk you control. So it gives you an extra untap. So at the end of your turn, if you have a bunch of guys, you can tap them all to mill or draw cards or put plus one, plus one counters on all of your other Merfolk. Block next turn. (laughs) And then they all untap again. So you have... So you can get a bunch and bunch and bunch and bunch of extra untaps with your Merc Fiend Leads and your Marrow Commerce and... Yeah. Okay. And lastly but not leastly, you thought I wasn't going to do it, but I did. Intruder Alarm. It's in there. So, Enchantment 4, Blue, 2. Creatures don't untap during everybody's untap step. So that seems counterproductive with what we just said, like literally five (laughs) seconds ago. Yes. But whenever a creature enters the battlefield, untap all creatures. Okay. So you can tap anything to, let's say, mill a card. And when you tap something, you get a 1-1. And then that'll untap all creatures. Yep. So you can just effectively mill somebody. Yeah, or if you have that guy that taps to do a damage, you can do damage. You can remove cards off the top of libraries. You can draw cards. You can put plus one, plus one counters on your guys. You can do virtually anything. So essentially, play Intruder Alarm, draw your whole deck, make seven million merfolk, mill out every single person on the table, and ping everybody to death. Yes. One card does that all? Yeah. That's why you play Enlightened Tutor. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, let's rock out some artifacts here. Now, this one is a specific quasi-combo piece with another creature in the deck, Basalt Monolith. Basalt Monolith, artifact for three, doesn't untap during your untap step. So again, seems counterintuitive or counterproductive, but taps for three, then you can pay three and untap it. So that would combo with Wake Thrasher. Yeah. Tap it, pay the three, untap it. Tap it, pay the... You just make him an infinity, infinity. And, and if he has a plus one, plus one counter on him and he's unblockable... Then he's unblocked, and your lords give him unblockable too. Yeah. Or if somebody just, like, has an island and you have your um, Lord of Atlantis, unblockable. There's all sorts of ways that a Wake Thrasher with a Basalt Monolith could just go in and end somebody's life immediately. So excellent. That's very good. Chromatic Lantern. Three mana mana rock also makes all of your lands tap for any color. Commander Sphere. Three mana mana rock, sack the draw card. Sol Ring. Door of Destinies. Whenever you cast a merfolk, I assume, you put a plus one counter on every other merfolk. No, you put a counter on it, and all of your merfolk get plus one plus one for each counter on it. Oh, yeah, you're not putting the counters on the merfolk, which is actually important in this deck. Correct. But it makes all your merfolks big, big. Yes, yes, it's a and very good... just for you. It's an excellent travel card. Not like coat of arms where all creatures get bigger 
Correct. Yeah, okay. And next, I super like this card. I dig this one too. Quicksilver Fountain. Okay, so at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player puts a flood counter on target non-island land they control. Okay, it's an island for as long as there's a flood counter on it. At the end of turn, if all lands in play are islands, remove all flood counters. Okay, so you're denying people's mana, like nice cradle, nice taps for two land, noob, blah, blah, blah. Yep. But it also... Gives you a whole ton of mana with your carpet of flowers. It sure does. Yeah. <laughs> I like that little combo. That is a that's a little bit staxy. Yeah. See, I like playing stacks. There's the there it is obligatory yeah. stacks yeah, mention of the show. I like it. That's a cool card. Um, lastly, I guess we have got one planeswalker. I just included her kind of on theme. Yeah. Uh, and it's Kiora the Crashing Wave. Kiora the Crack Wave. Give her a read. She is a Kiora. Two loyalty for green, blue, two, plus one. Until your next turn, prevent all damage that would be dealt to and dealt by target permanent and opponent controls. Minus one, draw a card, and you may play an additional land this turn. Pretty good with all the exploring you've been doing. And minus five, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, put a nine-nine blue kraken creature token into play. That's an emblem. Okay, so she's on theme, cool. She lets you draw cards, which I think is the best. It's too bad that that's not her plus one when she enters the battlefield with two loyalty. What a pussy. Yeah, I feel like she costs too much for how few times you get to use her because her plus ability is kind of useless, especially in a big game. But if you get to activate her twice, you've ramped and you've drawn two cards. Yeah, she like Maze of Iths, then Explores, and then who cares because you're just going to... Whatever. I don't yeah. cut her. Yes, I would I actually probably would cut her, to be honest with you. I, I love her minus ability, but I wish it was her plus. Moving on. If you are keeping track at home, ways to draw cards, including on both of your commanders that cost two and three mana. That's why they're good. <laughs> okay. Uh sixteen card draw ways. Yeah, baby. And that doesn't count like just going infinite and drawing your whole deck. Targeted removal, including rift, but I mean, you're probably never gonna you would, but... In a pinch, you'd use in it. In a pinch, yeah. So, 10 ways to remove, including that uh, Vodalian illusionist that gives phasing. Okay, cool. Phasing. Mass removal. Four. We got Rift, Wrath, Evacuation, and Hostilities, and one I like that I cast like three times last week, Devastation Tide. Not in here, but still cool. It's, it's got, very, it's it's got Miracle, one. right? Yeah. Blue one, if you Miracle it, uh, bounces all non-land permanents. I like that one, but Dig it's a sorcery. It. Not as good. Definitely not as good. Yeah. I mean, in super, let's, let's super corner case it. If it's on the top of your library, you know that because you explored and then put the card back, you could technically tap your Stony Brook Schoolmaster to get a guy to put it into your hand. And then, or you could tap your Fallow Sage to draw a card and miracle it. Yeah. And you do that during somebody else's turn. Yeah. And it can ignore the uh, timing restrictions of the sorcery. I actually did that with uh, something this week. This, this last week I did that. It was awesome. Uh, Okay. Seven mana rocks, enough when the average converted mana cost is less than three? I hope so. I think so. Lords, eight. Merfolk in total, 37. Tribal game enders. We've got Pathbreaker, Ibrex, Door of Destinies? Yep. Is it just called? Patriarch's Bidding and Protean Hulk. I counted it because you can get Lords. He, yes. di- he dies and it's just like giving your team plus three, plus three. Yeah. That's an overrun when they're all unblockable. It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I like it. And of course... Intruder alarm. Strengths and weaknesses. Strengths and weaknesses. Beats ass or face. Whatever end you want to beat. Yeah, whichever end of the body you want to beat, this deck can beat it. It's kind of controlling, but 
it's it's definitely an aggro deck with a combo win potential but it kind of feels controlling because you've got some bounce you've got some um that guy that makes some four ones that you could potentially kill can play the long game despite being an aggro deck it draws so many cards because you're playing blue green the best arguably the best two draw colors and scry on thrasios like good lord it's, it's so good weakness it is an aggro deck. It is an aggro deck. So it could run out of steam at the top end. Yeah. And I mean, there will be points where you're just going to have a couple dudes. Yeah, and there's no real way to grind out value with just a couple dudes. Yeah, you got to have some dudes. It's like slivers. you got to have your pieces to make your merfolk really good. The you, more you have, the better they are. Yeah, not, not to be cynical, but I feel like a lot of the time it's like you're sitting there with like an empty hand because you just got wrath after you extended enough to get in some real good beats and then it's like oh end of turn uh tap my guy to make a one one untap draw oh it's a land play your land and then just use your one one to block next turn right it's kind of like the original elspeth when you just have to plus her so you don't die because you're making a blocker every turn i don't know that's that's it right yeah um the other thing if you even cast her, remember at the start of the show, I said you're probably not going to cast Timna that often because your lords are better. But Timna loses a ton of playability when in like normal EDH, you can't like split your Timna and your Thrasios or you can't split your Timna and your Dark Confidant to kind of dink two players. Because in normal EDH, everybody's starting to play creatures on turn three when Timna would be attacking. So she loses a lot of playability. Yeah. So you, you effectively have one general, and the other one's just to give you colors. Which is why, at first, I didn't like the partner mechanic. Yeah, I, I, I can see I've that. become everything I've hated. I built a blue-green merfolk deck with a blue-green merfolk commander that has white and black in it. You are a piece of shit. Yep. Okay, let's talk about the budget real quick. $391 deck. That's actually lots. That's, Lo- that's quite a bit. A lot of it sucked up because you played fetch lands, which... Yeah. We talked before the show, we were unanimous that fetches are better than your random two or three color lands because you can get random two and three color lands that could randomly fix you, but with a fetch land, you go and get what you need, right? What you need, when you need it, now you have it. Yeah. And if you wanted to cut the $80 worth of fetches, you could play $40 worth of shocks or like $20 worth of... City of Brass, Mana Confluence, the couple different Tri-Lands that fit into the Atraxa colors, and then some Scrylands, because Scrylands are always good. They're fine. The only thing I don't like about that budget mana base is so many of those come into play tapped. When you're playing an aggro deck, you want to avoid the come into play tapped lands. You want to have Dude 1, Dude 2, Dude 3, Dude 4, slap somebody's face off. Dude 5, slap two people's faces off. <laughs> slap their face right off their yeah, head. Yeah, like, and they're just sitting there, no face. Yeah, exactly. Just five holes in like a fleshy patch on their head. Just, yeah. I don't even have words to describe what I was visualizing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, I got one thing here. Because we're that? a little bit crunched for time. You're playing what you're playing. It costs what it costs. You cut all those fetch lines and you put in basics. Okay, fine. Your deck's like right around $300. That's kind of what a Merfolk tribal deck's going to cost because Merfolk are a little bit expensive. There is a a modern deck that is keeping all the prices of the Lords at not 50 cents. There's still a legacy deck, I think. Yeah, so when every card in your deck is between 5 and $10, it's going to be an expensive deck. Yeah. Okay, got it. But get this, instead of tapping to mill out your opponent, you tap your whatever guy that mills, 
you mill your dang self. You mill your whole library like that within Tutor Alarm because you found that with Enlightened Tutor, including your Patriarch's Bidding and your, what I'm suggesting, Concordant Crossroads to give all your creatures haste. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is just style points because you could mill your opponents to Oblivion. But you mill your whole deck. You Yawgmoth's Will. Okay. And then you cast your Patriarch's Bidding to get all your Merfolk back into play from your graveyard. And then you, with your Yawgmoth's Will turn... One green to get your concordant crossroads, give them all haste and swing. <laughs> yeah, style. I, I like it. But then our deck goes from 390 to like 590. Yeah. It's, so yeah. maybe we'll skip that. Yeah, we'll skip that for now. You know what we're not going to skip? Card of the, of the week. week. What do you like? There's actually some really interesting stuff in here. I like Path of Discovery, the one that lets you explore every time a guy ETBs. I also like that card, but I like this one better, and I ate at the show, so we're going to do what I want to do and pick Ink Fathom Witch. Oh, dang. Yeah. 19 cents American, 19 so, freedom dollars, or um, 700 loony dollars. Yeah. Or 350 toony dollars. Nicely said. Yeah. All right. She is a 1-1 for Demir 1 with fear and blue-black 2. Each unblocked creature becomes a 4-1 base power and toughness until end of turn. She's cheap as hell. She was printed in Shadowmore, Plane Chase, Chase 2, and Plane Chase Anthologies. That's right. If you go to your local game store and say, I want an Ink Fathom Witch, first they're going to say, why? And then you're going to say, because I listened to this great podcast called Commander Cookout Podcast, and they gave me a sweet idea. I'm going to win games with it. Yeah, and then you tell all the people that are asking you, why the hell do you want an Ink Fathom Witch? You tell them to listen to Commander Cookout Podcast too. Yeah. That's, just, that's what I would do. And then they'll kind of be like, if they're telling you to play garbage like that, how good can they be? And then you're going to show them, and they're going to be like, oh, man, these guys. You these suplex guys. them through the glass showcase. Yeah. Local game store, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't actually do that, though, unless you own the place. Because uh, glass showcases are very expensive. Yeah, and that glass is pretty thick because like, people can lean on it and stuff. Not all the time. No. There's lots of do not lean on glass signs around Saskatoon, and yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, I like to lean on glass. Yeah. Give me some Windex. I'll clean it for you. I just want to lean on it. <laughs> Excellent. Milk oh, list? Everybody loves the milk list. Okay. Milk list, as per EDHREC.com, is the most popular cards per converted mana cost in the color combination that we're talking about today. Uh, not red. Witchmaw. Yes. Or Gitchmaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Gitchmouth. Yeah, I like that better. Yeah, let's do that. Or Atraxa. Uh, F that bitch. Yeah. Okay, at the zero drop slot, Astral Cornhole Copia. <laughs> Asshole Cornucopia, that's what oh, we yeah, call yeah. it. And no, we're not playing. No, no, no. Soul Ring. Yes. Thrumming Bird. No. Of course that's in here. Stupid everything. Thanks, Atraxa. Chromatic Lantern. Yes. Tezzeret's Gambit. Nope. I like that card, though. Deep Glow Skate at five. Nope. Merciless Eviction at six. Nope. <laughs> Dune Blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're serious? That's in here. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ugin the Spirit Dragon at eight. That's a gooder, hey? It is, but it's not in here. In Garrick's Wake at nine. Nope. Jin Gitaxis Core Augur, that dick at ten. Nope. Primeval Protector. I'm I'm sure that's one just because it was in the precon. I'm actually working on a new milk list with EDH Rec right now. Excellent. Okay, and so. Also no. Blightsteel Colossus. Nope. Emrakul the Promised End. Nope. Forest. Yeah, it's on here. Yeah, we're playing it. Yeah, we are playing a forest, yes. Two milkless matches. Sweet. Yeah, okay. We're we're doing good. Uh what does the spice 
calculator say? So interesting, there's over 5,100 Atraxa lists on EDH Rec. The next most popular, Thrasios and Timina, at 340 decks. Good God. What in the actual? Ugh. Okay, well, 340 lists. Second most popular, Ginchmouth. 295 average converted mana cost. Three tutors in this deck. Yeah. You've got your Enlightened Tutor, your Harbringer of the Merfolk, and your um, Protean Hulk. Yes, Hulk I included because it's a tuned down list, not a deck that I made, and I tuned down a Hulk list. Okay. The Harbringer I left in because I just think that's a cool card. That's a neat tutor. And the Enlightened Tutor you have to play because Intruder Alarm is the crux on which the combo works. Yeah, that's right. Now, as it stands, 55 unique cards from EDHREC.com stock list of Thrasios and Timna. Yeah. Yeah, it's full of like CEDH stuff and proliferate type things. Yeah, F that. We're playing Merfolk Tribal. Punch it all in. 47.8, 48 on the spicy calculator. Just shy of the 50 test. Yeah, now if you cut the tutors, if you said, okay, Protean Hulk costs seven, I'm going to cut it and I'm going to add something that isn't on the stock list. Another Merfolk. Your spiciness goes up to 56. There we go. Okay, so I'll cut the, cut the Protean Hulk. He's just there for show constraints anyway. Okay, now, you want to cut one of the other tutors. Sure. Okay, just exercise in thought. Yeah, let's cut that uh, merfolk tutor that I just put in because I wanted to talk about him. Let's cut him too. Sure. Then then where do we go? 72. (laughs) Yeah. It's like spicy with honors. It's like air horn honors. I like that. I just made it up. We should use that. Air horn honors, 70 plus. Sweet. So sweet, yeah, super spicy. Super spicy. If you can get by the I'm playing Thrasios and Timna stigma that you're going to get when you sit down, because it's going to be like, oh my God, are you kidding me? You know what? Common thread throughout all of uh, Tier 1 Tune Down Arc is you have to sit down and make sure that your play group knows that it isn't what they think it is, right? Or what they assume it is because you're a dirtbag. Yeah. Unless you're not a dirtbag, then good on you. Um, then just play your game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you gotta you gotta politic it up a little bit and you gotta kinda bend over and take it up the bum a little bit if you're gonna sit down with your Godo Helm, your Thrasios and Timna Hulk deck, like blah blah blah, right? Yeah. That's kind of I guess I guess that's kind of the a thread that holds the arc together, but it also brings us to the end of this deck. And damn near the end of the arc. We have one more tune down next week, hey? Yeah, we're not sure who we're going to do. So if there's somebody that at the last minute you were waiting, you're like, oh, you know, maybe next week I'll send the email, seeing if Ryan and Brando will do this deck for me. Send it now. It's the last chance you're going to have for the, the arc of Tier 1 tune downs from Toontown. So get your requests in as soon as you can. Uh, that will also get you in to win our draft this week. We've partnered with mtgonslaught.com to get all those counters and a t-shirt and a playmat bag and all sorts of stuff to pimp your game outside the game. Oh, yeah, that's right. The final episode of Tier 1 Toontowns from Toontown is next week, and then on the Wednesday is going to be the bonus episode where the giveaway happens. Yeah. So this is, I guess, the final week that you can get your entries in. I'll do one more Facebook post, I think, for, for everybody to like, share, comment, do the thing to help get the word of CCO out there. And maybe one of you will be the winner. One of you will definitely be the winner because that's how contests work. With that, I would just like to... For time constraints, we couldn't get into all of the little intricacies of the deck. But if you go to Tapped Out, the CCO podcast, Tapped Out page, and just take a look at it, there's lots of little things that you can find that, especially with an intruder alarm, you can do all sorts of dirtily, dirty shit 
that we didn't talk about on the show here, but there's lots here to unpack and to see and to do. And I think that's what makes this deck really fun. On the surface, yeah, it's creatures, it's aggro, it's lords, it's beat your face in, whatever. But there's also a lot more going on there where you have a lot of play and a lot of situational things that you can do to change each game and make every game exciting, which is what we aim to do here on the show. And we will do that for you again on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Woo!